this out. Well, welcome to the Foundations Podcast today. And Pastor Paul, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. Okay. Oh, great. Good to hear. And um, we are continuing our efforts. This is our uh, third podcast in the series on wokeism. I call it wokeism. And uh, we last week we dealt with uh, more of the sex-oriented uh, issues that the woke movement brings out, the LGBTQ, the uh, transgender, and the uh, uh, gender fluidity. And uh, we, we were discussing these particular concepts last week, came out with a lot of information, a lot of things that were brought out. Now, this week, what we are going to do is we are going to focus on... There's three things that kind of all join together, and these are social issues regarding uh, racism, that type of thing. Now, uh, th those particular things that we, uh, we listed here as Black Lives Matter, we're going to discuss that for a little bit, um, the uh, critical race theory that is uh, a particularly, uh, I believe it's an education an educational teaching that is uh, uh, trying to be brought out in our country at this time through the woke movement. And uh, also, we are going to delve back into prejudice, and we're going to take a look from a biblical standpoint on prejudice and what God says about it, what the Bible says about it, and how we should um, deal with this as Christians. Now, one of, one of the biggest things that I think that we're dealing with is is that how is a Christian supposed to respond to all of this? And these are things that people bring out and, you know, they're going to start saying this to you. They're going to want to get into a discussion. How am I going to respond to that as a Christian? Well, the thing is, is that you need to know your Bible. <laughs> how does God respond to these type of things? And also, what our chief purpose and mission is as a Christian church on the earth. Social issues will be there and to say that we shouldn't be involved in social issues is just really ignorant because we will get involved in some manner. Because we, uh, if we are out spreading the gospel, somebody's going to ask you the question, well, uh, what, what, what does Christianity do, do you have to do with racism? Um, one, one of the comments, Pastor Paul, that I was reading, there's a particular book out, and it's called The Woke Church, Woke Church. And uh, I was uh, reading up on that some, and 
the author, I believe, he was talking about that some he was he was in, interacting with uh, another person. I'm not sure if uh, I believe if they're agnostic, if they're atheistic, or what whatever that is, but they 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 made the statement, and the statement was this: Why should I follow? or be influenced by a book that has been used, talking about the Bible, to support all this racism, all this suppression and oppression that has happened to the black race. As well, uh, why should I want to follow that? Now, how would, if somebody came up to you, Pastor Paul, and asked you that question, how would you respond to that? Well, I would say that anyone that tried to use the Bible to uh, promote violence or oppression toward any other group, race, whatever, uh, that is just simply they're cherry-picking scriptures. They're using what we term eisegesis. Yes. They're not applying proper hermeneutics to the passage. No. They're, they're certainly not doing that because any correct you know, Bible, you know, method of stu you know, study mm -hmm. is not going to lead you to oppress anybody. No. In fact, uh, it'll, it'll be just the opposite. Even one atheist, and I forget his name, he said he has to admit that the, uh, that the uh, New Testament especially, yes. he said the advance of Christianity and the effect on the Western world and, and the world in gender has more, has helped women and uh, and people of race more than any other movement on the face of this earth. This man doesn't even believe in God. Yeah. And he had enough sense to know that the Bible does not support oppressing a a person of color of any color, mm -hmm. uh, or certainly not women. And, and you so know, I, with with this, these kind of accusations and all that, it kind of brings me back to the Quran. It brings me back to Islam. With there's in recent years, recent times, there's been discussions of how that Islam itself was a hateful, violent religion, and that those people, and that's when they, uh, when we were seeing people blowing up the uh, twin towers and all that, all that particular discussion was happening about the religion of Islam and the Quran, and does that support? You know, we're, we're the infidel, and yada, 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 yada. It goes on to that. But here with the Bible, if we do look within our history, I mean, back at the Crusades and different throughout the, the time, but uh, they have used the Bible and tried to justify their wrong actions. See? Yeah. And that this is this is this is where we get down to, and and that like you were talking about or eisegesis and proper hermeneutics of the text, we're talking about man-made theology, man-made theology that is brought out, uh, trying to use the scripture, and that's what eisegesis is. And let me just throw this out: eisegesis is actually getting some sort of concept up in your mind or of whatever your uh, movement is and going to the scripture to, like Pastor said, cherry pick different scriptures from here and there within the scripture to try to support what you wanted to say. And that 
is improper. That's heresy is what that is, yes. the bottom line. Yes, it is. And that little, and when we talk about eisegesis in general, and, and while this doesn't you know, pertain to our discussion, but it will demonstrate it, I heard a very well-known preacher, uh, well, no, I won't mention his name. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> All right. and, uh, but a well-known preacher, uh, he has an Assembly of God background. Mm -hmm. uh, he has, um, he has a, a, a doctorate degree. Uh, he's very well versed in biblical languages. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he has a Master of Divinity and then also a uh, Doctorate of Divinity. Yeah. So this is not a stupid man. No. Okay, so someone who's familiar with Scripture. Um, and, and I heard him on a, on a, on a video, and, and the only reason I was looking at him is because while I don't follow this particular gentleman, not for any particular reason, I just, he just, I don't, but someone had mentioned him, so I thought, well, I wonder what he had to say about certain topics. And, uh, and uh, anyway, and so he was uh, giving this interview, and, uh, you know, and he makes, this, and I, I forget how he, well, the context of the conversation, but he said, he said, you know, God lets us know right now, it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And I'm like, what? Okay. I, 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 I'm like, oh my God. You didn't just say that. <laughs> I've heard you, that before. You, you're, you're taught, are you saying this is a methodology that Paul was using that all we do is talk about the goodness of God and it just, everybody's going to repent? That was not the argumentation Paul used. I believe that's Romans 3. Yeah. And that wasn't the argumentation. That, that, that statement was made in the sense of all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in a place where if it wasn't for God's goodness and kindness and forbearance, we'd all be in hell already. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and we all deserve to go there, but yet you know, God has made a way for us not to experience his wrath. And uh, and the, in that context, the goodness of God, the goodness of God is as wow, we were all sinners. Yeah, it's not, it's not a methodology on. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just talk about how good God is, and that's how yeah, you know, we'll all people be are saved. just going to no. jump in. No, and jump no, he, in. he misrepresented yeah. that. Now, yeah. while saying he misrepresented it, is this the worst thing in the world? No, as long as people don't take him literally and say, well, you can't talk to anybody about sin. You can't talk about any, that's how people interpret that. Yeah. We don't talk to people about sin and hell and, and eternity and yeah. missing the rapture. Or, well, or, 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 in other words, we only can talk about how good God is. That is not what Paul was saying. No, and Paul was not saying that. And that's the thing is that, because he was talking about those concepts. <laughs> but in our modern day, we want to be politically correct. Yeah. When, when it comes to church now, when it comes to preachers, now they want to say the nice bubbly things of yeah. life and not the fact that we are sinful beings that are in need of a Savior and repentance, and we need to repent of what we've done. We need to accept Christ, because if we don't, we are going to be finding our way into hell. Yes, and there's a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. And the, these concepts that the Bible talks about are true. But you see, the thing is, it, it you know, it doesn't get the ratings, Pastor. No, it does not. 
It doesn't get the ratings. But okay, so let's let's kind of turn back around. Where we're, we're talking about reading things in and supporting violence and this type of thing throughout the ages. And yes, the, uh, we will we're, be the first to admit that the Bible has been used by people to support their causes or whatever ignorant violence they want to get themselves into. However, they misuse the Bible. Yes. They misuse it. They use it and they twist it. They twist the scriptures. And this is why it is so important that we understand how to effectively and properly study the Bible and interpret the Bible. You know, just in about two weeks, well, about a week from now, we're going to be doing our first seminar with Back to Basics here about how to effectively study the Bible uh, here in Georgetown, Texas, and uh, here at the church. And uh, we're, we're excited about that, but that's, that's, that's another thing. We, we can talk about that later. Now, let's roll back to what we're talking about, BLM prejudice, racism. One of the biggest things that we, or the biggest words, you know, we talk about terms. Last week, we talked about the LGBTQ community and the usage of the term homophobe. Homophobe. And if you're homophobic, if you're homophobic, that particular term is meant to shame you for saying anything bad about the, uh, about gay, the gay lifestyle. Even though our Bible clearly says a lot of badness about gay, the gay lifestyle and is against it. Now, the term here when we're coming into these particular, the BLM, the um, CRT, I'll say CRT for short, but that's critical race theory. And then prejudice and this type of thing is the term racism. The term racism. Pastor, what is a racist? Well, a, a racist is someone, well, let's just say if it's being used in their context, mm -hmm. I'm a white man, and so anything, I'm being accused of hating black people, Hispanics, what, whatever the term that they would like to use on me, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how that's it. A racist is someone who hates someone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. They're not your race. So any other race other than you, uh, racism is we're going to do whatever we can to marginalize you, oppress you, well, mm -hmm. kill you. It can yeah. be that violent. Now, here, here's one of, one of the facts is that within our history, we have experienced in America, there's, there's no denying that racism has abounded throughout the years. I mean, uh, we go back into history. Abraham Lincoln, with his uh, with the uh, his proclamation, with uh, and had had done to try to reverse this whole racism thing. During uh, the people in the South versus people in the North, be, uh, Civil War times, back in those times where individuals went over into, say, Africa or wherever, and they brought people back and they made them slaves here to, to be subservient to the white people. Now, this has happened in history. There's no denying no. history. We don't deny history. But the thing is, is that we have to look at that in terms of that was then, this is now. Yes. 
And uh, the, the thing is, is that there, over the years, many people have given their lives. Many people have, um, have uh, spoke out and have worked so hard to achieve a better understanding and a better society in our country. And, but the, the, here's the problem with the term racism. Racism now is being bandied about as a usage to manipulate, to manipulate and to get one's way. If, uh, if I don't like what you're saying or if I don't agree, if I'm not getting my way in a conversation with you, I can say, well, you're just a racist. Yeah, it's, it's, a we it's weaponized. It's weaponized. That's a good term. Yeah, yeah. It's weaponized. So you're using it against people and or people use it against one another. And um, what, what we want to do is in, in our studies here is I want to go back. I want to go back to one of the uh, true, true, um, I don't know, leaders or whatever, effective leaders in the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. And what his dream speech is, really, I, we were, I was reading over this. Uh, the other day, and we, we have some little, a couple of clips we want to play, and then we want to discuss them, and then we're going to kind of segue into these discussions uh, on these different subjects, and we'll deal with them individually. So let's uh, let's go ahead. Now, this first particular uh, clip that I'm going to play is talking about a, a, a charge that Martin Luther King made to uh, to the, the people who were black at this time in that uh, what, what he was trying to say to them and, and regarding violence and this type of thing. So let's listen to that. Let me try to pull this in here close. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred so what he is saying here in this clip is talking about that in their quest to, okay, here it is. And it says, but there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold with, which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. Bitterness and hatred. Now, I will have to, and I want to address this particular thing. He's talking about bitterness and hatred and not to be guilty of wrongful deeds. In other words, rioting, doing bad to other people. Um, and then developing that sense of hatred. Now, we have long talked about over the process of wokeism that wokeism is built on hatred, Pastor. Yes, yes, it is. And 
when we talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, when we uh, the the time that we have seen this come into fruition within our recent days is when I believe it was a police officer. Yes, had, they had a video of a police officer putting his it was his foot or his knee on the neck uh, of a, well, of a I, black individual. Actually, as that uh, court thing came out, yeah. it wasn't actually on his neck. It was okay. on his shoulder. Okay. They're not reporting that. Okay. That was a trial. But either guard, the man was convicted. So. Yes. And but, but but the point, it didn't look good. No. And, and, the, and they did not show the whole entire video. I'm not saying what the officer did was right. No. I'm just saying they didn't show the whole context of what happened to that gentleman. That man that died, while it was a tragedy, yes, he's not a poster child for a really proper African-American male that we want to hail as a hero. No. Okay, so there's that. and uh, But they use that. They and the, and the reason is, if you have hate in your heart, mm-hmm. you will use whatever you can to uh, promote your agenda. Now, I'm not saying everybody in the Black Lives, you know, uh, you know, movement. I'm not saying every one of them were like that. I think no. a lot of people just followed it because, well, if you're deceived into thinking there's just this horrible systemic racism in our country, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how that could be. When we elected our first Black president, he served for two terms. Yes, and, two terms. Uh, two terms. Two yes, terms. Two. And yeah. uh, and uh, but irregardless. Uh, the, the the point I'm saying is, I believe the Black Lives uh, BLM movement. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the organization is racist. Yes, it is filled with hate. And what we also could say is, isn't it amazing that since Joe Biden has been elected president, you don't hear about them anymore? No, it, it's very quiet. Now that's a, that's a that yeah. that, that ought to, that ought to <laughs> yeah, if you're listening true. to this, that ought to at least make you ask a question: What happened? Did all our racism end when Joe Biden was elected? I, that's a, it's a good question. Frankly, uh, opinionated or having my opinion is again. When, when we were talking about how that the term racism can be used as a manipulation. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, this is wrong, and I don't, I don't think this should, should ever happen, but again, when we talk about politics, when we talk about those things that are going on within different parties, we had one party that, uh, what's the word, uh, they, uh, they utilized the racism. They utilized what was going on at that time for their benefit. And uh, you saw politicians come to the forefront on television and in, in the media and the media as well fo- followed right along with this using the term racism and uh, to try to sway the American people to bring that particular uh, political party back into power. Well, that that's what they did, and by the way, they were successful. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and that's not to say that I think President Trump was the answer to all the oh, ills. No, no, that's no. not what we're saying at all. But we are saying that was an agenda 
that worked beautifully for them. Yes. Uh, and the COVID-19 just pushed it over the top. Yeah. Uh, but, but here we, yes, any, any kind of movement like that, that, you know, is going to revert to violence mm -hmm. is going to revert to, you know, burning down their own, you know, neighborhoods and, and, uh, and, and their own stores and <laughs> all that other kind of stuff. And these stores are owned by black people. And, uh, and, and yeah, but my point there is also where has all this went? Mm-hmm. You don't hear about any of this anymore. You know, well, it's because it, it was it was uh, me uh, that it was a what was it was that they call that cause and effect. It was um, used until they got what they want. Well, I, will, I will make a prediction. This okay. is a prediction, not a prophecy. Uh huh. If and and, and I'm not convinced this is going to happen anyway. But let's just say in 2024. Let's say that a Republican president, I'm not talking about even President Trump. I'm just talking about any Republican president. If a Republican president unseats our president, President yes. Joe Biden, I predict that BLM will rise from the ashes. Yes. That's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my prediction. Now, if now, here's my question. If... There was true, this, I mean, this was uh, the BLM, uh, during that time, what we saw, we saw a bunch of um, rioting. We saw them burning places down. Blocking freeways. Blocking freeways, uh, crashing and destroying businesses in different countries. Yeah, or, not countries, different cities uh, around the country. But it actually did bleed over into some other countries. It did. And and it was almost to the point was I, I made this one statement that where it was a giant temper tantrum, but at the same time, now I, I don't want to belittle this. First of all, and then the, the whole um, defund the police movement came out of this, and there was some serious uh, uh, consequences as a result of that. Uh, even our present city right here in uh, Georgetown, Texas. We are 100, and let, when I say 100, officers short. Yeah. Um, it, our city is probably roughly about 100 and maybe 50,000 people total. And so and we have a, a, a sizable, you know, police force. Obviously, you have your sheriff's department. Yeah. You have different things of that nature. But the, the, the Georgetown PD. Mm-hmm. And is 100 officers short of where they were before BLM. Yeah. A lot of officers during this time have just retired, quit, just gave up, didn't didn't even. And, 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 th and by the way, that this is happening in every major city all over the United States. Yes. And, uh, and now the people who are like the politicians who were behind all this, now all of a sudden we're having to reverse order and say, we need to have our police. We need to have our, yeah, defunding the police, that is stupid on steroids. Yes. But they used it because it served their purpose. It served their purpose. And like I said, uh, all a lot of this was used as a manipulation to, uh, to do whatever it takes to get that particular political party back into power. Yes, and uh, that that's that's from our standpoint. A lot of opinion opinion there, but uh, when when but 
Let, let's go back. Racism in itself being used as a manipulation, uh, defunding the police, um, this type of thing. Now, the, let's take a look at the organization Black Lives Matter. So it, it, it really rose to, to uh, prominence, uh, kind of spurred on by that particular incident with the video and the, and the, and the black man dying and, and that. And then, and of course, them using him as a poster child to try to say racism is everywhere. Yes, especially among our police. Yes, and uh, you know, and 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 of course, they 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 cite the statistics, and uh, you know, and and you know, there's more African American men in prison than there are anyone else, and 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 there's a reason why is because more crime is committed in these large large cities yes and um, and unfortunately a lot of the people who are committing these crimes are men of color yes that i mean it doesn't matter to me whether you're white or hispanic or you're black if you walk into a 711 shoot the guy behind the counter and steal his money you should pay for that. Yes, absolutely. I don't care what color you are. No, it doesn't matter yeah. what color so, you are. So, you know, no. if you kill people, steal people, rape people, what difference does it make what your ethnic background is? No, it shouldn't. To be very honest with you, I don't even care if you have a problem with what we call mental retardation. I mean, if you kill somebody, you should answer for it. Yes. Because the person that gets killed doesn't care whether you are special needs, black, mm -hmm. Hispanic, white, whatever. Okay. Now, that is a proper view of justice yes, that is justice. biblical. That's not revenge. That's justice. Justice. It should be applied across the board equally. Yes. And, and the Word of God talks about that. It does. It's very clear on the issue of justice. And, uh, and, and so, but, but that's not the BLM movement's view of it. No. Their view is that black man that killed somebody why is he in prison? Well, he's in prison because he killed somebody. It doesn't have anything to do with his cover. Oh, yeah, you know. But they they'll make a they'll make a case for that, and cite all kinds of statistics, never looking at the reality. What did these people do to get there? They broke laws, mm -hmm. and in many cases, very serious ones. Yes. Yeah, and and then to pretend that there's not white people or Hispanic or Asians or someone else there too. Yeah, because they are. They are, and it, it doesn't matter in our country. But again, we'll say that justice should be equal. Yeah. This is what uh, Doctor uh, Doctor King was saying when he uh, he he was speaking on the subject of justice. Yeah. he said we are standing on the threshold which leads into the palace of justice, and he's talking about that. But in the process of gaining our rightful place. We must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. In other words, if you want to change something, don't go and cause the same problem that is that and and you know what, what's the word? Enhance the problem by doing something that's wrong. Yes. And bitterness and hatred and this type of thing that he's talking about during those times. Yes, there was inequality in our country. And in that the, the 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 black individuals were having to sit in different places in the bus in the back of the bus or or this type of thing. They they can't drink out of water fountains. They had bathrooms for blacks and they had black uh, bathrooms for whites or for other. And that's racism. And that's racism. Yes. That's wrong. Yes. And but he, Martin Luther, he, 
but how he <clears throat> fought against it and won. Yes. With reversing Jim Crow laws and other things. He didn't do it by burning things down and killing people. No. Now, here, here and then let me use a term, another word, segregation. Segregation is what was going on during the civil rights time. And, and there was a segregation. They wanted to keep uh, uh, people separated. Now, when, when we look at BLM, we, we, BLM was a catalyst and a moving into what we have to deal now with what they call critical race theory. Now, critical race theory and I was uh, uh, looking this up and researching it the other day, talks about it is an actual teaching movement. It's an educational, um, uh, what do you want to call that? Uh, educational um, process that explains things in such manner. Number one, all white people or especially men that uh, males that are white are racist, and that in itself is racist. Yes, and racism is they call it systemic racism. In other words, everything that was laid out in uh, in uh, every system, every process that is laid out, ha was laid out with the premise that there is racism in there. And it's racist. But we stop and think about it. All white men are racist. That, that's interesting when you use that term because you just judge me by the color of my skin. Yes. Yes, and absolutely. Martin Luther, didn't he say we should not judge people by the color of their skin? No. He, that, or exactly. Yes, he did. That's what he yeah. said. Absolutely. And that we should not judge a pe person by the color of their skin. Now, I'm going to play another clip. And this is Martin Luther King, and uh, this is his, his dream speech, and I, I love this. I love uh, listening to this. It has some wonderful points. I want you to listen to it. Now, here, let's play it. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Now, <clears throat> that's, that's some good stuff right there. And in Martin Luther King Jr.'s, in, this, in his speech here, what he was trying to drive at was that we would build a better America. Yeah, and you know, this, and the sad thing about all this is that you can read that speech, you can listen to it, it is moving. It don't matter how many times you've read it, no matter how many times you've heard it. That is a man that had a love for everyone. And, uh, and, and you know, hate doesn't have love. No. You, you cannot have hate in your heart and love. And what people don't understand about this is if I hate anybody, it doesn't matter, even if we're not talking about the issue of racism, if I hate anyone, it will affect every other relationship I have. Because we cannot love someone and hate another person without it hurting the person that we say we love. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, that's the evilness of what we see going on in our country right now. We have so much hate. And, and, and when you bring it up, it almost appears that you have it yeah. because you will not affirm it. You will not condone it. No. The Black Lives Matter movement is evil. Yeah. And, and, and there is no other way to say it. It is a hateful organization. And by the way, a lot of the money that was given, and we, let's just make this up <laughs> oh, yeah, right here, yeah. most yeah. of that money that came from, it didn't come from the black community, it came from a bunch of white liberals. Yep. <laughs> you know, and now they're finding out that... Well, they, they, they bought a $6 million yeah. mansion. What are you going to do and, with it? And this? then all of a sudden these leaders, I'm being oppressed, just racist. No, you are a shyster. You, you know what I mean? You're a fraud. It's what yeah. you are. Well, you see, and, I, I, I think... Uh, and the, I knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. Just, the, the whole thing was a for an ease, means to an end. Yes. And but when they got what they wanted, then all of a sudden we're, we're going to go quiet. But you see, the, wh where did the money go? And it is even amazing. The <laughs> media, amazing. Facebook, uh, Twitter, every kind. Nobody. I mean, boy, they couldn't get enough of that Black Lives Matter stuff uh, during the uh, the pre up to the presidential election. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that election <laughs> was, uh, and yep. Joe Biden put his hand on that Bible and took the oath of office, wow. Yeah, amazing. Where did it all go? Where did it go? But you see, now what we do, what we have here is we have a movement with this critical race theory. They wanted to, you know, and I, I, I kind of, I think I made mention in, another, in a former podcast. I'm over here listening on TV and I hear this commercial coming on about this family sitting at the table trying to eat and, and all this. All of a sudden, the little boy speaks up hey dad did you did you did you realize or did you know that america is racist and he goes what 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 are they teaching you what are they teaching you in your school and the the, the fact of the matter is is they are trying to and I'm going to have to say, Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. And he talks about the children of slave owners sitting uh, down with the children of slaves and getting together and making a new 
something new and something good and and having that done away with and i'm gonna tell you what like you said we got all of that reversed we uh, our country was going we had people i mean during the time of, of uh, president trump even though we you know he, he's not perfect not uh, please do not think that we think that president trump was perfect no there's absolutely no i know there's a lot of people over there that would just think he just hung the moon and the stars and everything else but that's not necessarily the case he did some good for america yes, but one thing they said that was the lowest rates of unemployment for black Americans during his time. Yeah. And things were being done for the black community, for the, and all minority communities for that matter. And the fact of the matter is, uh, is that things were going good. And then all of a sudden we started saying, it's kind of, we kind of, a lot of us reacted like this, this father of this kid in this commercial did. Well, did you know that America's racist? We said, what? What are you talking about? Where's the fire? Yeah, yeah, where's the fire at? I don't even smell any smoke. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's strange, you know. And, and like I said, in our, our church, we have uh, people, uh, well, let's, and we have white people that come to our church. We have Hispanic people that come yes. to our church. Cambodian Cambodia. uh, people that it. come to our church. We have real African Americans, yeah. actually, the people that are coming mm-hmm. to our church that are black actually are from Africa. Yeah. And they moved here. And that's not to make fun of anyone else, but I always think that's kind of a funny way of looking at it. I think yeah. we're all Americans. That's yeah, we're just I'd, Americans. I'd that's all we are. Like that. But, but, but what I'm saying is it's amazing the kaleidoscope of, of races and ethnic backgrounds that we have in our church. And so when someone comes and tells me, man, there's just racism anywhere, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, where is it at? Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the world. Yes, but is it systemic? Yeah, it, you have when they use terms like systemic racism, and then you get a lot of people in a lot of media, a lot of people in the media, which is geared towards a liberal base. I'm just going to say it. It is, and they start repeating the same things. It's uh, uh, one thing that if you ever notice in the news, I, I turn on this, or you listening to this person from the liberal media, that person, all that, using the same terms, yeah. racist, racist, racist. You know, uh, and, and you hear them say the same buzzwords all the time, and they're trying to, well, they're trying to push an agenda. Okay. Bottom line, of course they are, and uh, and it's it, well. Here's a good way to illustrate this. This is a the the issue of evolution versus creationism. Uh-huh. All right. So when we're looking at archaeology, we're looking at we're look well, we're looking at a lot of different things. So anyway, but but the b- bottom line is uh, we're all looking at the same data. Yeah. I mean, the the evolutionist is not looking at anything different than what the creationist is looking at. Mm-hmm. It has to do with what are we doing with that data? How do we apply it? Yeah. And uh, so it's not an argument about facts. It's an argument about theology. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that secular humanism is a theology, it is. It is. It is uh, certainly a, a worldview. And this issue of racism... We're all looking at the same facts. You know what? And, and like we just said a while ago, we can all agree 
that there was extreme racism in this country for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no one is arguing that fact. In fact, it is atrocious at what happened. Uh, but, you know, are we saying that when we had Jim Crow laws, when you can go back even into the 1930s and 20s and look at multiple black people hung from bridges, it's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. That's racism. That's racism. Are we there? Is that what our country looks like? Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, I think I we, we need I a reality seen, I check. I haven't seen anybody hanging from a bridge. Mm-mm. I haven't seen this. And and so I'm not saying that there's not prejudices, you know, pre- prejudice behavior. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that between, especially white and black people, that there might not be some, you know, some nervousness. I, I, you know, I don't feel that way, but I mean, I know some people do. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. And and, and some of that's because we just don't know each other well enough. That's true. Yeah. That's not that's not hate there. That's just because we don't know. And and you know and and so yeah, we have some things to work through. Yes. And you know and and like I heard, um, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember the preacher's name. He's a preacher in Dallas, and uh, but but anyway, he he was preaching. He says amazing how that we can all go to the football game together. We can go out to the same restaurants together. Yep. We can go to work together. Mm-hmm. But boy, when it comes to Sunday, we're not doing that. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he was talking about how that we need to work toward uh, people uh, being able to, to go to church and have events as it relates to our worship together, yeah. and uh, and we've sought to do that in our church. I mean, we've we've asked the Lord to intervene on our behalf. We want people of color. Yes, I mean, and now we have that, and yes. we're thankful for it, yes. and we want more. Yeah, you know, um, when when it, when it comes to that, is the the question is, is there more work to be done regarding? Some of the some of the, the the work after Martin Luther King Jr. was speaking about how bringing together we're seeing progress, but there is more work to be done. Sure, but I tell you what, work doesn't need to be done, and how it doesn't, we do not need to be teaching our children. And this is going on. Yes, it's going on in this state. Yes, of Texas, mm-hmm. we do not need to be teaching our children critical race theory. No, that's not how you solve racism. No. And, uh, you know, and if, 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 if anyone wanted to teach, it's, a, it's amazing. If we just taught what the scripture talks about mm-hmm. in Colossians 3, yeah. uh, why, it would solve a lot of these problems. It would. Now, let, let me, I'm going to look, uh, look at one more thing here, and then we're going to get into prejudice here in just a minute. We're going to talk about from a biblical standpoint. Um, one of the things of the critical race theory, and th- this is as I was learning more and more and researching more and more about this, is what it is saying is that is systemic, uh, basically talking about systemic racism that is built in or baked into every process and all that that is that happens in America, uh, especially, um, and wh- one of this uh, the. Uh, they, they describe Martin Luther King Jr. as being naive. He was naive. 
And so, in other words, what they are doing with this is, first of all, they're bad-mouthing Martin Luther King Jr. They're saying he didn't know what he saw. This man was assassinated yeah. because of his beliefs and because of trying to, uh, to, to bring about a better America. Yeah, well, the, the movement he created, and I, and I realize that I will probably irritate some people by what I'm going to say, but we're going to say it anyway. Yeah. What Martin Luther King Jr. did, he confronted racism. Yes. Real racism. Real racism. Everything from Jim Crow laws mm -hmm. to, like we just said, we don't have to reiterate that again. No. The bottom line, the atrocities that happened against black people. His movement, him and the movement that existed that day, conquered that. Yes. Now, that's not to say that it, it wiped all racism off the face no, of the map. It, I don't mean no, it that way. No, no, no. But let's just say it. All the Jim Crow laws are gone now. We yeah. don't have those anymore. Yeah. We don't have black men hanging from bridges anymore. No. We don't have uh, people not being able to ride on the uh, you know on a bus or or, or you know or, or you know a, a part of the bus and or drinking out of a water fountain or a bathroom. We don't are, are saying, hey, you can't come into this restaurant because you're black. Yeah. That's gone. That's yeah. over. What the BLM has been doing with, and by the way, he did that without firing a shot. Yes, he did that. No and violence. The, and, the, no. and the BLM movement, what have they done after all the, you know, different black people that were killed in, in ordinate fashions during all these riots? Mm -hmm. And what did they, they were fighting in, if you want to compare what they had to fight against based on what Martin Luther King Jr. had to fight against. Mark, like I said, Dr. King fought against real issues. He did. They've fought against things they've manufactured. Well, yeah. That's not to say that there's no racism in this country. That I'm not mm -hmm. saying that. But what Jim Crow, Crow law were they fighting? Yeah. What? Where was all the... That's what I'm saying. It's like an illusion. Yeah. And, well, it, it's you stir something up. You create the illusion in front of people. And if you have enough sources repeating it, we talked a little bit earlier about how that repetition is a form of having a, a repetition to help people learn. They take repetition to try to convince them that there's a problem. And you have it on news media, you have it on, they're talking about it on the, the news or on different uh, stations. You have politicians, certain of a certain political persuasion, saying it and, and, and all that. And plus you have the movements trying to right. say it. And, you, and people and you, watch television, they see all this and, stuff. Yeah, and, but we go further now into the point where we try to introduce critical race theory. And so we're going to try to get a hold of our little kids yeah. and try to just put it in their mind that, oh, everything's racist, people hate you if you're black, people hate this type of thing. And that is not the case. It's, that is not yeah. the case. Now, do we, do we admit that there are certain individuals that still, this is something that God himself, through the power of the gospel, has to do. Right. Yeah. But he's, you know, a person has not changed hate, from the outside in. No, because hate is of the heart. 
Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and it don't matter what kind of hate it is, but if we're talking about racism, racism is hate toward someone who's not like me. Yeah. Uh, and it's in the heart, and it has to be taught. And uh, and the and the sad fact of the matter is, uh, if you cannot find enough racism in reality, then you have to manufacture it and b- blow it up into proportions where it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's just a very strange uh, it's just a very strange uh, world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think that we were living under Jim Crow laws. You would think. Yeah. That we had uh, uh, black people not being allowed into certain colleges and schools, and and that's not going on. None of that's happening. No. None of that's happened in over what, almost fifty years. Yeah. Well, it has been fifty. Years. Well, I, I would go so far as to say this whole movement that we're seeing, B BLM moving into the critical race theory, all of this is a byproduct of an individual, a, an agenda that is trying to bring us backwards from yes. where we came. Yeah, because now what they're suggesting is that uh, black children don't need to go to school with white children. Yeah. And, and I remember the They're first time I heard that. They're trying to segregation. And I'm yeah. like, hold on. And that's the first thing I thought about was Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. But now that they're trying to marginalize him and say he was just simply not. Oh yeah, well, and all like that. That's how you had to get around well, that. It's the same thing we talk about. If if I don't want to live by God's standard and what the Bible says that the way I should live, first thing is. I don't, if I, I can ha, I can say well my you know this is this is really something else. What is your truth? It's my truth. They use these kind of terms. Oh, what yeah. is your truth? Well, my truth. I don't believe that there is a God. So if I don't believe that there is a God, and uh, then I don't have to listen to Him or listen to His Word, and I can do whatever I want. Exactly, and that's what. And unfortunately, people are being taught this, and uh, you know. You know, any any time that these things come up, and, and, and why I find it so frustrating mm-hmm. is just simply if people would read their Bibles. Yeah. It's so self-evident how we deal with racism. And and, and let me give you an example here, and I'm not going to be long with this, but the, out of, out of Colossians. Colossians. Go ahead and read yeah, uh, Colossians chapter 3. And uh, and Paul deals with this. And, and let me give you the background of Colossians. Colossalea. Uh, was a a city, and, and and by the way, it's a Roman city, not in Rome, but I mean, everything's under the Roman, under Empire. Roman Empire. The Romans were real bad about doing these things, just like the Assyrians were and everybody else, mm-hmm. and they would conquer areas. And so, and, and, and in conquering them, they would take people out of this country and put them in another country and take the people in that country a certain amount and put them in and they would just and, and, and there was a up. and there was a reason why they did it. Yeah. They figured if they got enough different ethnic groups in in a, in a place they're not going to organize together to to fight the Romans. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean because you would take people that were mortal enemies. Mhm. And then, but you also tell them if you act up, we'll come in there and we'll take care of it. And by the the Romans were real good about well, that. Oh yeah, they were. All right. Yeah. So so keep the context in mind. Here's Paul. He's 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 writing this letter to these Colossian believers. He's been in Colossalia, mm-hmm. and uh, and they've established a church here. And because of the gospel going out, 
all of a sudden, people from different ethnic backgrounds, different races, they've embraced the cross. They've come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And guess what? We're all going to church together. Yeah. So you write a, an epistle or a letter and you start describing how we ought to interact with people. And let me, let's just look at mm -hmm. some of this. In, in the third chapter, he talks about if you've been raised up with Christ, we're supposed to seek the things above. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are to set our mind on things above. In other things concerning God and what he has said mm -hmm. and not things on the earth. He said you've died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And, uh, and, and then he's going to, he talks about the things that we ought to get rid of, okay? And uh, and and they are things like immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, greed, which amounts to idolatry. He says, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. But then he also said, but put off all, put all, put them all aside, put off anger, mm -hmm. wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Yeah. And 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 then he says this. He says that that we are to put on the new self which has been renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So who's he talking to? He's not talking to a bunch of white people. No. Okay. He's talking to a bunch of people that are all of mixed heritages, races, and uh ethnic backgrounds. Okay. Okay. And then he begins to say it. He says he said, a renewal in which there is no distinction. No distinction. Between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. I mean, he just he just made it real clear. God's not looking at this. You're mm -hmm. one new man in Christ. Yes. And and so there's a unity. And the next thing he says, he says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. Yes. Kindness, kindness. humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving. Forgiving. Can't forgiving have any hate in that. No. Forgiving one another or each other. And whoever has a complaint against you, each other, anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you should all, you should also. And then he put, says, put on the bond of uh, perfection, of, of love, or love. love, which is perfect. a perfect bond of unity. Bond of unity. And uh, anyway, it, it, the, the bottom line is, notice he says there's no distinction. Mm -hmm. In other words, if we are all claiming, you know, and, and this is relates to the woke gospel, if we're all claiming that Jesus is Lord, yeah. that means that we're saying what he did on the cross, the blood of his cross, is our salvation. Yes. And God then says there's no distinction. It doesn't matter whether I'm a Jew, I'm a Gentile, I'm a Greek, I'm a Scythian, I'm a barbarian, whatever. He mentions the ideal of slaves and free. Yeah. We're all rallying, rallying under the banner of Jesus is Lord. Yes. And so we're called to love one another, be in unity with one another, bear with one another, forgive one another, have humility, compassion, love. That is the approach of the gospel. Yes. Not, let me go down and burn my Walmart down. Mm -mm. 
That's not the approach. Or to look at everybody and say, you're a racist. Yeah. That That's not, that's hate. That's hatred. Yeah, and so is. hate shouldn't be coming out of the believer's mouth. And, uh, and unfortunately, because these things are being taught to our children, they're not being taught this. No. You know, they're, they're not. <laughs> no. The gospel frees people from hate. He does. It frees people from bondage. And, uh, and so, yeah, and so here Paul writing to a, a bunch of believers, and, and some of these people were mortal enemies before they got put together. Yeah. And he's telling them, hey, you're all one new man. And this gospel, you see, you see, and that's what I'm saying, is that men cannot be changed from the outside in. No. You cannot introduce laws to change man. You cannot introduce, uh, you know, or you cannot educate them to cha change them what they what really can change a person is from the inside out yes and it's the power of the gospel in Jesus Christ that is the power to change an individual a person who has hatred in their heart can only be changed by the love of Christ and um, yeah I remember a song that uh, David Meese is one of the uh, um, Christian artists back in the day, he wrote a song. He says, where there's hate, give me love. And, and then it goes on and on and on. And the thing is, is that it, replace it with your love in my heart. This was the name of the song. And the gospel, when we talk about prejudice, do we deny that there are people that still have prejudice? No. We, we, there are people. There, you are always going to be fighting that battle in some way, whether with a prejudice against uh, uh, another color or the prejudice against whatever. But the thing is, is that love, but the proper love, we're talking about the love of Christ. Yes. We can't, well, love is love. I hear you hear that from the, uh, the LGBT community. Sorry, that's not right. When it, when it, when it disagrees with what the Bible says, it is not right. But the thing is, is that love through Jesus Christ is the one, as Colossians is talking about here, is bringing us together. And, and God has no respecter of persons as to their color, as to your, you know, what, whatever. He does not, and that is the way we should be as Christians. Well, you know, we ought to just make this mention too. Jesus was not white. No. He was a Middle Eastern. There's That's probably right. a What's very good... White? Uh, chance mm. that he was very, very dark in color. Yeah. I, I don't understand this. I mean, I know a lot of people see a white Jesus with long hair. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not what Jesus looked like. No. So, you know, but, but, yeah, the bottom line is, is we're called to minister the gospel to people. It's an open invitation to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He, he has purchased forgiveness for your sins. Yes. And, 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 and deliverance from all the bondage that you have. That's why we can look at the drug addict. We can say, if you come to the Lord, he'll deliver you. Yeah. I've seen him do it. Mm -hmm. we, can, yeah. we, can, we can look at anyone and you say, free. whatever you're bound with, yeah. come to Jesus right now and he'll set you free. And, and you know what? He, and the most immediate thing that happens, I've seen it over and over, is all of a sudden there's a love in their heart. Yeah. Because they've been changed by God. <laughs> yeah, your whole perspective has yeah. been changed. And all of a sudden it doesn't matter whether you're worshiping with someone who's mm. not your, you know, not your race. It doesn't matter. No. You don't even think about it like no. that. No. 
You, you're not even thinking about that. And that's just the thing is that we don't think about it. I mean, we, uh, and you don't distinguish or you don't segregate in your mind. And I'm going to tell you what, if you're a Christian and you see you're still holding on to, uh, or, or, or even thinking about race, you know, this, this is one of the things that really irked me back many years ago. I was stood in the middle of a uh, living room of a pastor, and I'm not going to tell you who he was, where he was at, but I'm going to tell you that there was. And I heard him use the N-word, and I, I, that just set me free. I'm over here going, what kind of hatred is in you? I mean, I, you know, I'm, I, I, how you could even do that? How you could even think like that? Now, God, I'm going to tell you one thing, and I believe prejudice is hatred. If you have hatred in your heart, you are stifling the ability of God to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says, forgive those who trespass against, or uh, forgive my sins as I forgive others. When you have unforgiveness, you have hatred in your heart. I, I believe the word of God says that no, that hatred is not going to enter heaven. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. There you go. I mean, that's what John said. He said, if you do, you're a liar, and the truth isn't in you. I mean, so there is no room for racism. Mm. And, and, and there's going to be no racism in heaven. No. And, uh, and there shouldn't be any racism here because our prayer should be, Lord, you know, whatever's happening in heaven, let it happen on earth. Let whatever your will is in there, let it happen here. And uh, and so there's there's no racism in heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, there isn't. So let's kind of recap. BLM, a movement used for a particular point of time to achieve utilizing the term racism and that thought of racism to a, a means to an end to try to bring a certain political party back into power. If you want to, uh, I mean, if you have questions about that, send them to us or get on the page on uh, Facebook and discuss these type of things. The other thing is, is that this ra- this particular movement spawned a critical race theory, which is a blight on any school teaching it. And we should not be teaching that. We should not be telling people that that there's racism and everything. It's, it's kind of kind of like in the old days they're saying that there's a demon under every rock. I had a, I had some individual a Christian tell me one time that, or this is back in the day, is that if you owned a um, a decoration in your house that was a mushroom or a frog, that demon spirits <laughs> lived in those. Um, in those particular things that you shouldn't have them in your house. We had record burnings. Do you remember that, Pastor, yes, back in the day? Yes. We would crash those and all that. And I'm going to tell you, the devil lived in everything. Yeah, and there was an overemphasis of that. And, you know, and, and just like, and, and let me just say this, an overemphasis of that particular ideal mm-hmm. about the devil being in everything it actually dilutes the real truth when someone is bound, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're not able to help them. Yes. Uh, same thing. If you cry racist all the time, you teach our children that everyone's racist if they're not if they're white or whatever. You know what you you end up doing is that you cheapen that word 
racism. Yeah. You you use it so much that now it doesn't have the weight it should have. That's correct. I mean, if there's real racism, it should be dealt with. Yes, it should. But if everything, you know, if if, if a kid looks at any anybody, it doesn't matter. Say it's one uh, a Hispanic child to another Hispanic child, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, you're just a racist." You realize what they did? They took a very important term, mm-hmm. and they have used it in such a silly way that after a while, when you scream racism, it doesn't have the weight it had when Martin Luther. King Jr. talked about it. That's right. And the, the thing is, is that what Martin Luther King Jr. and through the civil rights movement and his movement and his uh, endeavors here on this earth did was to remove a lot of this and bring us to the point where we didn't have all that going on. Yes, there were still little pockets here and there, and we're always, you're, you're always dealing with that. It's like kind of like, uh, is there some way to do away all the way with sin? No, sin no. is going to abound, and you, you've got to deal with that. But you see, we have a power through Jesus Christ and through the love that he gives to to to, to take care of that, and he will change individual hearts. And that's what we as Christians and as the church need to be doing. That is our response, is that, sir, you need to get saved. Yes. <laughs> you need to get saved, man. And, and you know, all of this prejudice, hatred, this all this will will, uh, will diminish and go away. So like we were talking about, like the abortion uh, a doctor, you want to get uh, stop him from doing abortions? Get him saved. Yeah. When he, when he starts following Jesus and, 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 and getting into the truth, he's going to say, man, I don't feel right doing that anymore. Yeah. I'm going to stop doing it. You have to change a person from the inside out. Um, so, well, I tell you what, we're, uh, we're at time. What I want to do is I'm excited because our next podcast, pastor, our next podcast, we're going to record it on Saturday night. Yes, we are. But, and then we're going to broadcast it during the week and, and all that and have that on here. But our next podcast is going to go live mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing from a feed on Facebook and talking about at our first seminar coming up this next weekend, not this weekend, the following weekend, is we're, we're going to be having a seminar, our first back-to-basic seminar on how to effectively study the Bible. And we're going to talk about that and our efforts with the back-to-the-basics movement or the teaching series and all that teaching is to bring foundational teaching back into the church. To, to where we are, uh, and I'm not saying that it's not happening in, in uh, places, but what I'm saying is, is we are emphasizing on foundational teachings on how to equip Christians on how to build the foundation, strengthen their foundation in their in Christian lives. So that, like I said, if you, if, if you have anything in your life that could happen that where you would turn your back on God, you have a crack in your foundation. Yes, you do. And uh, so this is, we're talking about Bible, how to read it, how to properly read the Bible, because there is a lot of false doctrine. We talked about it today, about how people would twist the scripture to, to back their violence and to back their things that they wanted to do and say that God was with them when he really wasn't and they were twisting scripture. Now, what we want to do is, and this is that's what this seminar is all about, is that we're going to talk about how to effectively 
study the Bible. We're going to show you different things. What is eisegesis? What is exegesis? A couple of things of taking out true interpretation and trying to twist the scripture to, to say make it say what you want to make it to say. We're going to talk about uh, different things about the Bible, and we're going to demonstrate uh, expository preaching and reading of the scripture and bringing that down. Now, this is going to happen Georgetown, Texas, River of Life Church, out on Airport Road. You can go to their website or what have you, or go to the um, the Foundation's podcast webpage, or Facebook, i got to say it right. The Facebook page, Foundation's podcast. If you're listening to this and you have not liked our page, go and like our page and get on, on there because we're feeding information all the time, every week into that page. Um about what's coming up, and uh, we're we're getting excited about it. It's going to be good for next weekend, Pastor. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and on that too, uh, on that uh, that seminar there, uh, Steve is going to be doing it Friday night. It's going to start at seven o'clock, and uh, and he is going to be using an Old Testament passage mm -hmm. uh, to demonstrate what we're talking about on how to you know you know effectively study your Bible. Yes, and, uh, and and that's going to be exciting. I even told uh, our Wednesday night crowd, I, I envy him. I wish I could do what he was doing, because uh, the story is uh, about the story of Jehoshaphat. Yeah. it's it's amazing. Um, and then uh, then on the uh, Saturday uh, morning at ten o'clock, mm -hmm. I'll be demonstrating something from the New Testament. Yes, and uh, and it'll be uh, what I'm titling it is protection from deception. Excellent. And it's going to be dealing with Second Timothy chapter three. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll be demonstrating its context and all that, just like he will be doing mm -hmm. uh, that night before uh, of that. And then that, as you said, we will record the podcast. If you have questions, please get them to us. If you have yeah. questions that you yeah. would like to ask, uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be dealing with difficult questions from the Bible or uh, different types of things and uh, that are dealt with. Or maybe, you're, uh, maybe uh, there's some confusion or maybe... Uh, it's not clear, and we're going to deal with that or difficulties, that type of thing. Uh, I believe we're starting at 5 p.m. Central. Yeah, yeah, 5 p.m. Central. Okay, and, if and you we're going to go live. If you so. want to watch it live, yeah, uh, you could go to the River of Life, Georgetown. Uh, you could actually go to its Facebook, our Facebook page. Yes, and uh, and you can request a membership. Yeah. Just, just uh, and if like you do that, we'll approve it. And if, we'll you, want, if you want to watch it then or watch it later, uh, you might find it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Steve, but we do this this podcast right here in this office, and and you know, and we don't have this you know audience watching us. And, yeah, but now we're and, going and, to. And now we're going to. So I I'm I'm sort of uh, like, wow, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, but but it'll, it'll be exciting because I'm sure we'll have a little bit of audience. They may clap or they may, you never know how they, you don't know how they're going to respond. Yep. And, uh, and so if you want to see us do that now, you know, I mean, you can watch it there. But like I said, just get a, a Facebook request to our page mm -hmm. and I'm the one, there's well, me or the secretary, but I mean, generally I'm the one that approve everybody. And so mm -hmm. whoever sends one, I don't, I just approve everybody until you prove yourself to be. Not you don't need to be on there. <laughs> okay, yeah. so yeah, so if I don't know you, it doesn't matter. I'm going to approve you, and uh, and, and if you want to watch it, yeah, it's going to start oh, yeah. at five o'clock. And actually, you can watch the if you do that, you can watch the Friday night. It'll also be recorded, mm -hmm. and the uh, ten o'clock will be recorded on Facebook, and then we'll end it on Sunday morning. 
And, uh, and while that will be a traditional service, we'll still be demonstrating the same concepts yeah, yeah. there. And I'm uh, we're, we're encouraging if people are local or what have you and, and want to be in person. If you come in person, we have something that we're going to give to you. Yes, we do. Yeah, from the, the new Back, back to Basics uh, where. <laughs> And uh, we're going to give you something uh, to take home. But uh, if you uh, come during that time and you're local, uh, we are encouraging you do not, do, do, you know, don't stiff your own church on Sunday morning. No, 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 we don't. Because do you, that. Can, you can tune in and watch it on Facebook uh, later that day or wherever, or anytime, really. Just yeah. go ahead and click in on there and and go ahead and watch it. Yeah, we're not trying to but steal people's sheep. No, we okay. don't do that. We don't steal people's sheep. So, uh, but anyway, okay, well, uh, it's good stuff. We're going to have our live, uh, and then we're going to be ba back the following week, and we're going to be dealing with, again, some more current issues, and we'll uh, we'll uh, come come back. I think we've, we've done good. We had a good wokeism discussion, and... Um, and uh, uh, I, I think it's it's it, it's helpful. So God bless you all, and we will uh, be back next week with that live podcast. Tune in. God bless you all.